Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller. Divorce Dialogues brings expert guests to the airways to talk through your divorce questions and fill in the gray areas about separating. From thinking about divorce, to how to behave during divorce, to what to do after, this is Divorce Dialogues. Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Catherine Miller. I'm the founder at the Miller Law Group, director at the Center for Understanding and Conflict, and I am on a mission to change how people divorce and help them divorce with dignity. And my guest today is Lou Rodriguez. Lou is a professionally trained, certified, and transactionally experienced real estate divorce specialist. He's an affiliate member of the Florida Bar Family Law Section, as well as an affiliate member of the Broward County Matrimonial Lawyers Group. Lou wrote the definitive book on divorce and property division titled For Sale by Divorce, The Expert's Guide to Divorce and Property Division, and in 2017 wrote his own follow-up book entitled Selling Your Home During Divorce, How Everyone Can Win. Welcome, Lou. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for having me, Catherine. So what is a real estate divorce specialist? Well, as the the title says, it's a person uh, in my profession, real estate, that specializes in working with divorcing couples who need to sell uh, marital property. Several years ago, back in 2008, I was professionally trained by Carol Ann Wilson, uh, who is a uh, CDF in out of Colorado, and also with family law professional Greg Greenstein, who's a uh, divorce attorney in Colorado. And they created uh, this course to give you background on law, on how to deal uh, with divorcing couples that need to sell their marital home. Very intense, a great training, but as you know, it's just like getting your, your law degree until you get transactions under your belt. And you go through them, uh, adding and gaining that transactional experience is what really uh, defines and makes me a real estate divorce specialist. You know, everybody thinks, oh, you don't want to let anybody know if you're getting divorced, that you are getting divorced when you're trying to sell your, your, I guess, your family home. Is that really true? Is it really important to keep that under wraps? Well, I will tell you that as much as possible, I try not to divulge to anyone, especially someone who's putting in an offer that I'm listing. Uh, on marital property. I also try not to tell an appraiser, an inspector. No one should really know because you don't want them to have the leverage of knowing that the property is being sold from distress. Yeah. So, I mean, how do you work with clients about that? Because, you know, sometimes you don't tell them, but you go to to an open house and you see, well, one closet is empty <laughs> or only there are only women's shoes or men's shoes. You know, there must be, it's more than just kind of keeping it quiet. It's keeping it not obvious as well. 100% accurate. Uh, we don't want to tell anybody. In fact, uh, I've had uh, open houses where I've asked if the wife was in the house uh, living there by herself to uh, spread the clothes around and not to show uh, that the house, you know, that they're in the middle of a divorce or already have divorced and keep everything looking as normal as possible. Because, again, you don't want to give anybody the leverage of knowing that that house uh, needs to be sold. Do you have any examples of when people did find out that the house needed to be sold and it was a problem? I can tell you 100% it's never happened in any of my cases. The only time that anyone should find out that that house is being sold because it needs to be liquidated or divorced is when I'm dealing with the title company on dispersing the funds. 
from that point on, you know, I need, perhaps I need to get the title company, the marital settlement agreement that dictates how the net proceeds are going to be dispersed. But other than that, I have to tell you that I don't tell anybody. And I also tell the clients, you know, we are in the age of social media, that as much as possible, try not to talk about it because people do go looking through uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to see information about the house. It happens every day right now. So what is the advantage to the potential buyer in knowing that these people need to sell their house? I mean, don't people put their houses on the market when they need to sell them? Of course. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what we call a motivated seller. Absolutely. But, you know, again, you know, depending on, on where the house is selling in the area and how it's trending, you still don't want to give them any little bit of information that they could use against you. I've had, because I'm known in my area, I've had people uh, ask me, is this house being sold uh, because of divorce? And so, you know, again, I, I try not to to divulge that because it's really no one's uh, business that that house is being sold that way. So, Lou Rodriguez, how do you handle it when you are the broker for the sale of a house where the people aren't getting along especially well? You know, they're in the middle of a divorce. They've got attorneys. They've got different ideas. How do you handle that stressful situation? Well, I'm glad you asked that question because uh, it's important not only for the clients to uh, understand that you're an ally in helping them through this difficult situation, but the attorneys also have to know as well that you're an ally, that you're there to help them get through you know, communication issues that you're going to have in this kind of sale. Uh, I see that you are a collaboratively trained family law professional. I've had a lot of collaborative uh, training as well. And that's one of the things that I like to set up with my clients when I first meet them is how to work collaboratively. And part of that is establishing communication because like you said, many times they're not communicating at all. They're not talking and you become the person that communicates to the other. So I try to meet with my clients if I can and if they're able to together the very first time. The reason I do that is because I want them to see that I'm being transparent and I'm working equitably and mutually for both of them. So when one uh, client asks me a question, uh, the other person can hear the answers, they can ask questions, and then, then we can come to a, an agreement, of uh, a clear-cut agreement of what their goals are, what their expectations are, so then that way I can meet them. That's the best way to do it from the very beginning is establish how the communication is going to happen. And what happens if they can't meet together? There's too much conflict. It's too hard. Then how do you handle it? Then we go to the, usually, well, if you had referred me to a transaction, then I'm going to speak to the person that, that I was referred to first. At that point, then uh, once they're clear on how the process works, then I reach out to uh, the other divorcing spouse. And as I say in my first chapter of my most recent book, Selling Your House, Doing Divorce, How Everyone Can Win, ultimately the very first question is, who are you? The very first question that that other uh, divorcing spouse asks is, who are you? Because now I've been brought into yep. a transaction to help them sell the marital house. And if I was referred by opposing counsel, as you can imagine, that first phone call is probably the most difficult. But that's where working with someone who's transactionally experienced, who's a real estate divorce specialist, really adds value to the transaction. So, Lou Rodriguez, I can imagine that sometimes you really have to deal with a lot of conflict. And I, I know that studies show 
that one thing that as human beings we are prone to believe is that our home is worth more than it's worth. <laughs> and do you run into that? Is that worse? In the First of all, is that your experience? And second of all, you know, how do you handle that when one person just wants to get rid of this thing ASAP and the other one thinks it's just worth more? Well, that's, you know, that I think, and, and if you've bought and sold houses before as well, I think that's an experience that you have with just about anyone who's looking to sell the house. Everyone thinks that their house is worth more. And honestly, when I first meet with clients, whether it's divorcing uh, situation or not, uh, I'm coming in with market data. Everything that I express to them is backed by facts and data. And when I go over the valuation of their property, uh, if they're not in agreement, I'm going to be very honest with you, they're not in agreement within uh, 2 to 3% of what the data is saying. Not what I'm saying, but what the data is saying. And it doesn't match the trending history of whether the, the market is going up whether it's stable or whether it's going down, then, you know, there's been times where we haven't had an agreement. Uh, and this has gone all the way through mediation where I, I've had the attorneys call me in mediation uh, to talk about it. And sometimes that third party has to come in to help me establish the agreement, to gain agreement on how the listing is going to go and the price that the house is going to sell for. I'm Catherine Miller. This is Divorce Dialogues. We're here on WVOX 1460 AM in Westchester County, alternate Wednesdays from 5 to 5.30. And we're also available as a podcast on all popular podcast applications. And we're also available on the podcast website, www.divorcedialogues.com. And I'm talking today with Lou Rodriguez, who's a divorce real estate. He's a real estate divorce specialist based out of Florida. Is that right, Lou? That's correct. I'm based out of South Florida, Cold Springs, Florida, to be exact. And we're talking about divorce and selling your home and, and, and some of the pitfalls that there are with that process. You know, Lou, another thing that I think that people often also disagree about, at least in my experience, is how much money they're going to put into the house in order to make it sale, you know, the fix-up costs, you know, making it saleable. So what is your general advice for people? You know, do they need to put on a new roof and change the boiler or is just a little, you know, paint in the hallway going to do it? Well, I can only speak for my exact area. And being a, a, a transaction experience real estate, real estate divorce specialist who's closed on over 700 real estate transactions since 2001, I'm in my market day in and day out. So when I come to a listing appointment and I see the house, I can tell you pretty much what you do and do not need to do to get the house, to get the highest and best possible price on the house. And so I do go over that with both parties. And as you said, there's lots, lots of times they're not in agreement or the other one says, I don't care. I'm not, you're not getting a penny out of me. And we still move ahead. We still do based on their goals. If they want the highest, and best price in the house needs, let's say, $5,000 worth of, of things. If one of the uh, of the folks who are divorcing has that, that money and can put it in, then we just uh, invoice everything, uh, get the whole thing put together in a package, and the work still gets done. When we sell the house, we collect half of the money that was put into the property from the spouse that didn't want to participate. I'm just looking for a little bit of guidance. You know, I, don't, I don't need you to give me a trade secret, but you know, as a general rule, what are the kinds of things when you're selling your house that really make a difference? Well, here, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. This morning, I was at 8.30 after dropping my son off uh, to school. 
I had to drive to a client's house this morning because uh, she has a uncommunicative divorcing spouse who is not participating in anything, and she's already overwhelmed. And part of what I do in my business is I try to take as much off uh, the plate of my clients as possible because, as I said, she's already overwhelmed. So she needed the driveway done. She needed the roof pressure washed. There were a couple of areas in the house that needed to be fixed, painting, ceiling fan that had cables coming out. These are all uh, red flags that an inspector will will bring up. And so we came up with about, uh, I want to say, $2,800 worth of of items that needed to be done. And and I had to take full control of it to make sure that it was done again because she was overwhelmed. So when the pressure washer was there, she was calling, Lou, do you think this is right? Do you think this looks good? And lucky for me, I work in the same city that I live in. So uh, I drove over there. I looked at it and inspected it for And this is part of what I have to do to help them because, as you know, divorce is already a trying and awful thing to go through. I've been through two myself. And so I have to help them as much as possible to try to de-stress the situation so that I can take them down to their end goal of having a successful real estate uh, closing transaction. So as a general rule, uh, Lou, is it that you want to be able to correct things that an inspector is going to point out? You want to correct things that are sort of patently obvious or ugly? Is that what you're thinking about in terms of of the fix-up costs? Each house presents its own unique situation, and I have to be honest with you, it depends on the area, the community, the neighborhood, how the market is trending. So it's not one rule covers everything, uh, generalization. Each house is looked at differently. Yeah. And uh, Lou Rodriguez, when people in our area, it's often the case that one party will stay in the house for a couple of years with the kids until maybe they graduate from high school or something happens, and then they'll sell the house. And there's sometimes a concern about maintaining the property during that time where one person's living there and the other person isn't. Is that your experience that there's been some tension between people about how the property is going to be maintained or what it's going to look like at the end of that period of time when only one is living there? Well, I have been involved in situations where that's happened where, you know, originally they were going to sell the house. And instead of selling the house through mediation and discussion, uh, because the kids were in school and they wanted to stay at a certain high school, that they ended up uh, delaying uh, selling the house. So I know it's been my experience that I've seen in the, in the marital settlement agreement that they agreed that six months after the kids graduate high school that they're going to sell it, and all of that is usually written out in the uh, MSA about who's going to take care of what or what's the cost uh, going to be that's shared. And, and I also get written into that MSA as the listing realtor at the time that they're going to that they agree that they're going to sell the house. So MSA stands for Marital Settlement Agreement? That's correct. What are some other issues that you've seen people run into that maybe our listeners might be thinking there are ways to avoid? And it's things that you know that we might not know about selling your home in a divorce situation. Well, I can tell you that if, if I'm fortunate enough to be able to talk to both divorcing couples uh, in the very first meeting and, and they're amicable enough to sit down and, and talk with me, I do want to find out who they want to know about the divorce. Uh, have they told family and friends? Where where do they stand at in, in that process? Because 
Uh, part of, of what I do as a real estate uh, digital marketer, I market the house. I want to sell the house. And so I need them to know, are they going to share in uh, announcing to the world that they're selling their house? And if they're not, because I, I need to know all of these things. And that's why that first meeting is very important. The other thing that a lot of people don't realize is that you could have young kids in the house. And so, you know, talking about selling the house with young kids is very, very touchy situation. So you have to look at it as, you know, as though you're, you're the parent of the, of the uh, child. You know, how, how are they feeling about this? And I think it's, it's, a, it's a topic that's a lot of, of, of realtors that don't specialize in divorce uh, and haven't had the transactional experience of going through these situations. Uh, it becomes uh, a very perilous. Yeah, I think you raise a really good point about kids. I mean, little kids have big ears, right? And yeah. they and they pick up stuff really, really fast. And even if you think they're asleep or they're in the next room or they're watching TV or or whatever. And I think what you're saying is that it's important not only for the parents to really recognize that, but for all professionals involved to who are in contact with the children or in their vicinity to also be cognizant of their. Uh, sent their, you know, their needs. Absolutely. This is, this is a traumatizing event for a lot of people. And some kids will feel like this is the end of the world that mom and dad are, are going, or mom and mom or dad and dad are going their separate uh, ways. And so you have to be cognizant of that and be able to deal with it. As a real estate professional, I'm going to be in that house many times. They need to know who I am. Uh, they need to, the parents need to figure out a way of, of how to discuss these things. I, I want to know that. Have you discussed it with your children? Where's the situation? And you had touched on the subject before, you know, uh, if, who's going to stay in the house? Who's leaving? We need to make the house still look like there's a, a couple of family living here. The pictures remain. When you bring the photographer in the, the stage of house and, and take photos, do the photos remain up? Uh, who's going to be in the house? Uh, there's so many, so many things that go into it that you don't think about if you're not working in this niche and, and are in it every day. You're listening to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Catherine Miller. We're here on WVOX 1460 AM in Westchester every other Wednesday from 530. And we're also available as a podcast on the website, divorcedialogues.com. I'm talking today with Lou Rodriguez. He's a experienced real estate divorce specialist. And Lou, if people want to get more information about your book or find out more about you, how can they do that? Well, you can always go to lourodriguez.me. That's my website. There's a lot of information there about me. If you want a copy of my book, you can go to Amazon and look the book up there. You can also go to sellingyourhomedurindivorce.info and get more information about my most recent book, and also request of copy. So let me ask you that. It says, name of your new book, Selling Your Divorce, Your Home During Divorce, How Everyone Can Win. How can everyone win? What are some of the hints about that? Well, again, how everyone can win is you need to be able to communicate with both uh, divorcing couples, and you need to let them know that you're there to help take one more thing off their plate so that they can concentrate on their divorce, they can concentrate on their children, they can concentrate on their family. And I don't want them to worry about selling the house at all. And the way to do that is to set expectations from the very beginning and then and then also keep an open line of communication. And you have to you have to uh, commit to what is said to one is said to the other. I try to set up a group text again if they're amicable. And as you can imagine when when 
you're a divorce attorney, so you're divorced, you're, you are representing one client, and then opposing counsel is, is representing the other client. I represent both clients, and they need to understand that in the beginning, and the way they understand that is with me setting up the expectations, telling them exactly how we're going to go through this step-by-step, and then being there all the way with them step-by-step so that it, it de-stresses the, the, the situation because, as you know, it's already an emotional roller coaster. It's already a traumatic event. And if I can take this uh, one less thing off their plate, it makes me uh, very happy as a professional and as a person. Lou, do you ever run into people who are reluctant to sell their homes and you're dealing with that situation? What I've run into is clients that weren't 100% sure if they should sell. Uh, and I've given them the pros, the cons. I've given attorneys valuations on the property, what I think it would sell for. I've given them uh, also provided net settlement sheets, which is a sheet that shows all closing costs based on the sale price and commissions paid, what they can expect from netting from the, the property, the sale of the property, so that they know they have an idea of what their finances are going to be once that house is sold. So I've had that happen. And then from there, they make the decision whether they want to liquidate the marital property or not. And what do you do about dealing with the attorneys or other divorce-related professionals involved? Are you, do you uh, speak to the attorneys together? Or do you have separate conversations with them? How do you handle that situation, particularly when you're dealing with a high-conflict situation? I've never spoken to the attorneys together other than a conference call that's happened a couple times in mediation. I think that the attorneys, and this is a, this is a problem, I'm going to be very honest with you. It's part of why I joined the uh, Broward County Matrimonial Lawyers Group is I like to be around them. I want to hear what the conversations are. I want to know what the experiences are. And also, uh, I get to know the, the, uh, the attorneys. No different than my industry where you have great, competent, uh, you know, uh, real estate professionals. Uh, there are also some unethical ones. And I think the same thing, unfortunately, applies to many attorneys. And some attorneys, especially when they're really big and have a lot of things, they their communication gets lost. And it's important to have the communication, whether it's with that, that attorney or the paralegal, whoever else is communicating with the client, because if an issue comes up and, and one person is being maybe stubborn or not adhering or, or uncommunicative, then I need to be able to reach out to the attorney and say, this is what's going on. It's slowing down the process, and now I need your help. So in that case, we are we are a team. Uh, it's just you studied uh, collaborative law, and you know that everybody on that team, whether it, it could be uh, someone evaluating a business, a psychologist, a forensic accountant, everybody's a team on helping uh, divorce and moving them forward. So a real estate professional who's helping divorcing couple liquidate marital property should be seen in that ex- exact same light. So, Lou Rodriguez, what are some, we talked a little bit about uh, one of the pitfalls of selling your house during divorce, which is to not let anybody know because it gives an advantage to the to the buyer, potential buyer. What are some other hints that you have for people who are thinking about selling their, their house because they're getting divorced? Well, one of the things that I always ask is, is the timeline. I'm very cognizant of that. Let's say, for example, the house that I'm working, the client that I'm working with right now has a college son that just graduated. He just bought his house. He's moving out. 
So she has a 13-year-old uh, daughter, and she wants to keep the daughter in the same school district. So I have to get all this information because I also, I'm not there to just sell the house and liquidate. I need to know uh, what's the plan moving forward uh, for them. Where are you looking to live? Are you looking to buy? Are you looking to rent? What can I help you with as a real estate professional that would make that easier so that we can uh, try to, to make everything work together schedule-wise so that we can accomplish each goal? So if, they, if they're looking to buy a house and they need the net proceeds, then I need to help them look for a house and then structure the whole transaction where possibly we could close on the sale of their house and the same day later on or maybe the next day, be able to close because now we have the net proceeds to close on the purchase of a new house. It sounds like one thing that you're saying is that that the sale of the house should fit within the context of a whole plan. And so it's not just I'm selling your house, but I'm selling my house and where are you going to go and where you're going to live and what's important to you about that. Is that right? That's correct, Captain. 100%. So Lou Rodriguez, in our last 30 seconds, any other quick thoughts for somebody considering selling their house because they're getting divorced? Well, my only thought is that if you're going to work with somebody, work with somebody who's, who's worked in the field, who knows how to communicate with folks, and that can help the situation along, as opposed to adding more stress to it. Lou Rodriguez, thank you so much for your tips on selling your house during divorce. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, Catherine. It's my pleasure.